listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Welcome to episode 87 of Cinemental. How can you talk if you haven't got a brain? I don't know. But some people without brains do an awful lot of talking. Then why don't you kiss me like everybody else does? How about new? The thing is, Bob, it's not that I'm lazy. It's that I just don't care. I came here like this so you'll know my word of death is true. And that my word of life is then true. everyone welcome to another episode of the movie podcast that we can only hope you enjoy listening to as much as we enjoy making my name is Stephen hovicki and as always i'm here with my co-host Hassan godwin and lathan conger the third our guest tonight is a new york-based writer best known for creating pop candy usa today's award-winning pop culture blog her work has appeared in many publications including playboy slate and the hollywood reporter and she has provided commentary on turner classic movies msnbc vh1 bbc america and many other networks. She's the author of several children's books, including We Make Comics, and she was the co-editor of Pandemics, Quarantine Comics in the Age of Rona. Whitney Matheson, welcome to Cinemental. Hello. Thanks for having me. It's exciting. She is also the long-suffering studio mate of Dean Haspiel. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, yes. I put on lipstick for you guys tonight. Aww. I haven't done that in many months. This is great. It's it's almost like I'm going out on a week. Wow! See, you get, you get, you get a, on a triple date, uh, so to speak. Yes. Um, how was uh, how was how was your week, just in general? Oh, other my than, week. Uh, was it unlike any other week, or just pretty much the same? Oh God! Wait, it's Wednesday. Correct. Well, how, how? Hmm. Oh, I'm I'm right. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. I I don't know. It, it's going all right. All right. Not so bad. <laughs> right on. Yeah, can, low can, pressure. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, I think we'll. Uh, it's time that we all suffer from consumption. Yes, yes. So, Whitney, what did uh, what have you seen lately? <laughs> oh well, not too much. I was. I'm glad. I, I was hoping someone had watched the Nevers because I am curious. That's kind of next. Just um, yeah, just on my list. I, I feel like I need wait to- a couple of weeks. They'll all be done. You can binge it. Yeah, you know? yeah. I'm maybe. thinking of doing that myself. Yeah, I, I unfortunately, as, as stuff comes out, I can't like Netflix stuff that drops all the episodes at once. I can, I'll just sit down and I'll watch everything. But I, I'm afraid that I've I've fallen victim to the the thing where it's like I want to watch things on my timetable now. Like yeah. I can't. There is nothing for me that is destination television that doesn't exist for me anymore. I'll wait until something's completely out before I sit down and watch it. I just yeah. I, I just that's just the way I prefer to to watch stuff now. I'm yeah I feel like I've been doing that with like the Marvel Disney shows uh but yeah I do that with a lot of stuff um I didn't watch too much I was reminded Latham reminded me that I did work for the Olsen twins about 20 years ago oh I they had a magazine oh I don't remember too much except they paid me decently (laughs) did you ever did you ever ever meet their older brother Trent I no no I was, but I was living in Chicago and I remember like that was one of my first like freelance gigs. Uh, yeah. Working for the Olsen twins. Wow. Um, well, I watched, look, this isn't, well, I, I, well, I, li- I liked it though. I watched the six hour 
Hemingway documentary. Oh yeah, on PBS. Yeah, I, I watched Don that, watched that yeah. last week. Yeah. Yeah. And oh well, I don't, I want to know what you thought. I I I was really into it, honestly. Like I didn't think I would. I didn't know if I'd make it through the whole six hours. But uh, <laughs> it, go, it 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 flies by. It, it really kind of does, by. and I learned. A lot, you know, not like I'm an, a Hemingway expert, but I learned so much and uh, it's, it's terribly sad. I hate how every, you know, biography just ends in a tragic death, but uh... <laughs> well, usually you're not going to do a biography on anyone still alive. So there's, there's going to be an inevitable yeah. kind of it's sticky like, ending, like, no matter what you do. It's like they say, it's not the fall that kills you. It's that sudden stop at the end. Oh God. <laughs> But no, I really wow. dug it. I was into that. And then um, after that, I feel like I was inspired. and Because, you know, it's for free if you want to watch it. It's on PBS's website. Yeah. You can watch the whole thing, whole six hours for free. And so then I was kind of flip- seeing, oh, well, what else can I watch on here? And there's a new, relatively new Flannery O'Connor documentary that's an hour and a half, much shorter watch. And <laughs> yeah. that Easier was really Easier commitment. Good. Yes, Exactly. <laughs> Well, she lived a shorter life. So it's a <laughs> short say, movie. Pardon my ignorance, but who is Flannery O'Connor? So, Southern writer uh, from uh, from Georgia, like wrote, um, I don't know, like uh, everything that rises must converge, and good man is hard to find, and okay, bunch of short stories, and you know, it's written really good. So, good, okay. good short watch, and then. I needed some easy the other night. And so I started watching made for love, the HBO. Do you know what I'm talking about? I saw, like, the, I saw an ad for it somewhere recently. Like yeah. this, like either today or yesterday. Oh, those kids where they, where they have the, the, the children the, to be organ donors for other sick children or something like that. No, no. This is okay. like a 30 minute. That sounds awful. <laughs> yeah. That, that sounds, sounds that's really that's, bad. That sounds like it's going down a really dark path really quickly. <laughs> there is another documentary where, you know, a couple will have a kid. They'll, they'll have a, some kind of uh, you know, disease or something like that. And then they will have another kid on for this for the specific purpose so that second kid will be able to donate like stem cells and dna or whatever to the so first it's like kid. a legitimate version of the island yeah i mean <laughs> i'm pretty sure the other kid gets gets uh you know is not treated like uh, an, an anonymous yes, second class yes. citizen That's you know but uh right <laughs> you know but but it is a a controversial yeah you know like phenomenon that. that's going on so so that's what I thought it was, but sorry. No, no. This is like 30 minute, uh, like, I guess it's a comedy. It's with Kristen Milioti, you know, from, uh, she was in the final season of How I Met Your Mother, spinning a bunch of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's about like, it's, a, it's about a guy who's kind of supposed to be like a Google, it's like a Google parody. Okay. And he <laughs> implants how do I describe it in a sentence? He um, <laughs> has this idea where like people can, he can have a chip implanted in people. So you can like fuse yep. your brain with like your spouse. And anyway, his, his wife really is um, in a miserable marriage and she escapes this crazy Google like Island, except he's already pl- implanted the chip in her. So she's on the run Ray Romano's in it. He has like a weird sex doll. I don't know. It's, 
I, I don't know if I'm fully recommending this show, but yeah. if you if you you got some if you want do something else and you just need something on in the background, you don't <laughs> have to pay strict attention to it. Probably. Fair enough. <laughs> oh, and that I, I think that's it. I think that's all I've watched in the last week. All right. Um, the two movies that I watched last week before I got. I've been waiting for final approvals come back from uh, on two book projects, uh, artwork approvals from from studios in order to allow us to start the book layout process. So uh, one of those came through finally on uh, Friday morning. So I spent the entire weekend doing a book layout. Uh, so for my designer, so uh, I didn't in the time that I would normally watch a bunch of movies, I didn't watch anything over the weekend. So needless to say. Uh, I watched I watched two movies outside of what I, I watched for the week. So uh, one was a really, really terrible, I, I guess you'd call it a comedy, although at this level, it's uh, if you don't if you don't really laugh at it, is it a comedy? I don't know. Um, so was it Godzilla versus Kong? No, because I like okay. that. So um, okay. it was it was a combination of like the Adam Sandler guys and Steve Zahn and a couple other fairly well-known comedic actors just doing just basically just really awful things but like powers booth is in it you get these weird cameos of like high level act like formerly like a-list actors who are just like who just like hey can you show up for a day and and shoot some scenes with us yeah sure no problem but yeah it's called strange wilderness i highly recommend don't not watching it it's not good <laughs> <laughs> and then I rewatched uh, Evolution, the Ivan oh. Reitman movie with David Duchovny. Wow. Um, and I, I had forgotten how great that movie is. Uh, I, I really like that movie a lot. There's a lot of parts of that movie that I really like. Yeah, when they crawl in the anus at the end, that's pretty funny. Well, yes, yeah, right. the, the, the obvious stupid stuff is not uh, notwithstanding. There's a lot of really funny stuff in that movie. That, and, and, I think and that's honestly, really funny. I, I really think that scene's laugh out loud funny. And then honest, but anything with David Duchovny, I'll watch just because I think David Duchovny is just one of those guys who you can watch kind of do anything. He's he's just kind of so natural. He just shows up because of that. I ended up I wanted to have something on running in the background and uh, I wasn't in the mood to sit down and program eight hours of music or because of the way my music stuff is set up. I can't just do a, a random shuffle on my on my archive drive. I ended up watching or starting on my third rewatch of The Mentalist TV show with Simon Baker and from like 10 or 15 years ago. Um, and I got through the first two full seasons of that and started the third. It, it's such a good show. I, it's something I can put on in the background. I, I know all the visuals of the show so I can just listen to it and enjoy the banter and the writing and everything. So that's just something I did. And then, and then Deirdre and I began watching Arrested Development, finally. And uh, I have You've to never say, seen it. never seen an episode, oh not even like goodness. randomly. And I, well, I actively kind of stayed away from it because everyone was like, it's so good. You have to watch it. I'm like, and then, so then finally, when it went to Netflix, I wasn't really tripping across it anywhere on, on cable or anything like that. So yeah, it's just kind of been, it's just kind of been sitting in my queue for a long time. And so I'm like, you know what, let's, and she started, she started watching Shit's Creek a couple of weeks ago. So she's been working her way through that. So she's through like four seasons of that. And I have to kind of go back and catch up because she loves it and wants me to watch it. So we're going to go back to the beginning and watch it all the way through again. But we started Rest with Development. Yeah, it's, it's pretty phenomenal. And, and Michael, Michael Sarah and Alia Shawkat 
so young. Uh, and and I'm, I'm guessing that's like, or very like maybe first roles for the two of them. I don't know, but it's, uh, it's, it's really funny. I mean, it, just the humor is so it, it's so, it's so random, like the stuff that happens, but like every single one of the characters is so great at a, it's great to see Portia de Rossi, uh, just in a, in a role like that to watch her just on screen all the time. is just great. Cause I just, I, I, she was one of those actresses who I really liked and then she just seemed to disappear. Now I didn't watch Arrested Development when it was on, so I missed that section. But since then, I, she just kind of like, I don't, I don't know what she's doing or if she's doing much acting or, or kind of what she's doing, but. Well, she's got some, you know, that they, they I, I weirdly follow Portia de Rossi on Instagram. Oh. Because she lives, she and Ellen live in the most, it's like architecture porn. It's the most beautiful <laughs> house. And it yes, it's the and so yes, occasionally I'll I'll glimpse like a very glamorous shot of their incredibly beautiful, expensive, you know, mid-century modern home. That's oh. all I, I, I other than that, I don't know what yeah. she's doing. But yeah, so I'm I'm really enjoying that. We just wrapped up the first season yesterday, so um, we'll jump into the second season this week. All of the um and all of the seasons are like different numbers of episodes, and they just get shorter and shorter as we go. But uh, I'm I'm looking forward to to finishing out that. That looks uh, it's been a lot of fun, and uh, and that was really it. Yeah, that seriously, I, I was I was literally in front of my computer all weekend. Uh, doing this book layout so i just didn't i didn't have the time to just sit and devote to you know watching watching movies so and i just got all the rest of the approvals back on the second book today so now i'll start jumping into that you know over this weekend so uh, there's another chance that next weekend you guys will uh you guys will toast me next weekend as well but uh, we'll see how it goes <laughs> on that one there's a little bit less of a clock on it so I, I that one i can afford to not be lazy with but at least take my time with us it's a little disappointing steve you know i'll be honest i with know you. i know you, you have the expectation of hearing about 12 <laughs> or 15 movies that i watched uh, between uh the, you know the last week and uh, yeah that stuff sets up my week you know right. my coming week right, exactly. i just follow up on all that stuff we were we were actually going to dive into that that art heist uh documentary and then deirdre decided that she just didn't really care so we yeah, like you know, spoiler alert: not a lot of people die. You know, it's it's pretty. No, 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 of course. But it's a. I'm just. I'm kidding. But I'm saying this. It's a. It's very heavy. Uh, it's logistics heavy. You know, yes. like it, it. So so that's if you find any of that procedural stuff uh, fascinating, it'll it'll work it for you. Right on. It'll do good. So we've uh, we've suffered enough, and we will move on. Good. All right. Uh, so. Uh, for for Whitney's guilty pleasure, although she can hardly really be called as a guilty pleasure on this, because this is a movie that um, I think for the most part, strangely enough, people love uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Warner Brothers is proud to present the story of a guy. Morning. I'm here. And his bike. James Bond kind of stuff together for the first time in their first big movie. I meant to do that. I say we kill it. Yeah! I say we let him go. No! Merry Christmas!
Pee-wee Herman is Pee-wee Herman. Hello! <laughs> In Pee-wee's Big Adventure... Be sure and tell him Large Marge sent ya! <laughs> what? directed by Tim Burton with a running time of 91 minutes. A ridiculous man-child with more than a few quirks has his prized possession stolen from him and he goes on an epic cross-country adventure to find it, encountering many a strange character and situation in his quest. Whitney, why did you pair a woman under the influence with (laughs) Pee-wee's big adventure? Because they are diametrically opposed. Exactly. I gave you a cinematic speedball. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that i have to write down so yeah yeah you get like oh you get like a high with peewee and then you come crashing down well i i love i love this movie when people ask me what my favorite movie is i often say it's peewee's big adventure wow okay. i think it's a perfect movie you can summarize the plot in three words man loses bike <laughs> and i think in my email i said to you it's like Man loses bike and woman loses mind. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I I love everything about this movie. I watched it. I re I hadn't seen it in a little while. I rewatched it again this week with my daughter, who's eight years old, which is probably around the age I was when I saw it for the first time, and she loved it. And I, re- you know, I think the I think the script is I think the screenplay is perfect. I think the cast is perfect. I think. It's it's flawless to me, and it's just uh, one of those movies. It it's one of those movies I'll never get tired of. It's Tim Burton's first film uh, after he had done a few short Astounding. films. What's that? Astounding that it's his first film. Astounding, and it's and it's funny because you can see if you're if you're familiar with his filmmaking style, you can the, just the see DNA of the Burtonism. You can absolutely <laughs> see the seeds of where of what he would become as a filmmaker, uh, in in watching in in watching this. You wouldn't know at the time though when if you saw it in the theater, which is that's what's amazing is going back and seeing that. Oh no, no, absolutely. That's what I mean. You can obviously in hindsight when you're looking at his his library if you know his work well, you could go back and look at this. Obviously you'd see, you know, it's like I always tell people there's a there's a one particular well-known comic artist that if you go back and you look at his very first or very earliest like Marvel comics work, he was brought in because he drew like a particularly legendary comic artist at the time and he was brought in on a book to draw similarly to that artist but there's one aspect of his drawing that has never changed Mm. you would look at the way he draws women in his comics has not changed like you can look at the faces of the women and even in those earliest versions of earliest uh, examples of his work and you can see that that's that's those that's a that's a that artist's woman's face that's just the way he draws women um so it's it's you know there are bits and pieces of it. They're, they're hard to spot but i mean there's so much of this movie paul rubin said that when you know and this movie is co-written by phil hartman yeah. and uh at the time uh rubin's hartman and a third writer michael varhall they had never written a screenplay before and so they said that they went out and they purchased the sid field screenplay book that teaches you how to write screenplays and use that as a guideline to 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 write their screenplay for this movie and as a result there are a lot of screenplay screenwriting classes that actually use the script of this film as a guideline because it fit, it fits perfectly 
to the note, the textbook way to write a screenplay. It's not, it's a 90 minute film. It's a 90 page screenplay. It's, you know, the first act ends at the 30 page slash 30 minute mark. Second act page 60, the 60 minute mark. Like it's almost <laughs> too late. It's like, it's almost too textbook. That's funny. Yeah. This is, you know, Paul Rubens invented the Pee Wee Herman character in 1980 uh, after he had done a little bit of acting and, and really gone anywhere. So in his standup, he, he created this Pee Wee Herman character. After about a year, HBO had, uh, you know, back in the days when they were doing a lot of like comedy specials and stuff like that. So they filmed an hour long special based on his Pee Wee Herman stage show. And that was the old original HBO special that aired in like late 1980 or possibly early 81. I uh, saw of it. The, of the, of the, so did I. Yeah, when I was you know, a kid. Yeah. I'm the luckiest boy <laughs> in the world. I'm even luckier than you. I can fly. <laughs> so, and then Pee Wee's Playhouse uh, then would grow from both a special and also off the success of this film. But yeah, this, this movie... I, I I'm pretty sure I didn't see it in the theater for whatever reason. I think I was, I was just sort of, it was not in my, my wheelhouse of movies to see, but when eventually when I did see it, I'm sure I saw it on video after it came out. And uh, yeah, this, this is a movie that, I mean, I'm a, I'm a big, a big fan of Tim Burton anyway, but, and I, I didn't know obviously till obviously years later that he had done, this was his first film which just and, made everything sort of come together better for me. And the first in an amazing run for him, yes. you know, it's like this and then Beetlejuice and then Batman, like it's insane or Edward and Edward Scissorhands. Like yep. it's all nonstop hits for the yep. next, you know, 12 or 15 that are That are ago. so strong visually that they, you know, that they always are, you know, that's, that that's, you know, that's always been his strength is the visual you know, the thing of it and the, and the, and the fact that I was watching this movie uh, and I hadn't seen this movie in a, in a pretty long time. Uh, it, I thought it was funny that at the beginning of this film, there's only one actor credit and that just says Pee Wee Herman. Yes. And then it says, Pee, and then it says Pee Wee's big adventure. And then it goes right into the actual production team credits. Like there's no other acting credits, actor credits whatsoever on this until the end of the film. <laughs> and it's a character who isn't, is a character. It's not even like a real person. So it's, you know, Pretty pretty amusing, uh, to say the least. Uh, a lot of great stuff Francis. in this movie. <laughs> oh, God, that's the best scene in the in the police precinct when he, yeah when Francis. his brain snaps <laughs> like Francis, and then he's on the guy's doorstep seconds later. Uh, a role that was turned down by Corey Feldman because of scheduling conflicts with Goonies. Oh wow! Oh, I don't think I knew that. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Corey Feldman made the right choice, I think. <laughs> yeah, the character think, who plays Fran, uh, well, the guy who plays yeah, Francis, yeah, he's is just incredible. A, yeah. yeah, he's just awful. <laughs> yeah, incredibly awful. <laughs> incredibly awful. Uh, Hassan, memories of memories of Pee Wee. Good movie. Uh, I did not know until this this sitting that it was Tim Burton. I haven't seen it in years and years and years. So when I started. I said first it started and I stand up they you know they do the overture of the music and I'm like that's nah, Danny Elfman you know before like it's just it's just uh, obvious Danny and then Elfman's I, and, and his very first, and first. score mm -hmm. and then you yeah I mean but I mean basically everything he does is 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 a offshoot of Oingo Boingo you know all that music <laughs> is you know so yeah exactly so 
that's that's happening. The music's happening. I'm like, that's 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 Danny Elfman, which means this has to be a Tim Burton production, right? So yeah, he does a lot of work outside of Burton, believe it or not. Yeah, but I mean his his music is never like this is never as alive when he's working I when agree. It, I unless agree. he's working with uh, Burton. It's a magical pairing. Yeah. And funnily, funnily enough, excuse me, it's the music is what I remember most about it from when I watched it when oh. I was a kid. You know that and the and the invasion of the uh, the the Godzilla movie set, which you know when I was a kid, I was like that's awesome. <laughs> There's so much of that. Yeah, I'm this... surprised that wasn't enough for Hassan to give it four stars. Oh boy. Oh man, I should. Nah, I'm sorry. It's hard to get used to Paul I... Rubin again <laughs> doing that. <laughs> It, See, you that's don't, funny. I laughed at that. You don't uh, you don't question stuff like that when you're a kid. Then when you're older, you're like, um, what exactly? What exactly is he doing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can't. I couldn't do that. I can't go around doing that. You know, it's there. There, and also, which is really funny because there's a correction in this film from the earlier print that I saw. Now, granted, I never saw oh. this movie in this in the in the um, movie theater. I, wow. know, I might know what you're going to say. What's wrong with you two? How did you not see this in the theater? I never saw it in the movie theater. So um, when I was a kid, Latham, so I can't just go to the movies when I wanted to. <laughs> I have to be taken to the movies. Okay, and if well, my mother haven't... didn't want to see a strange, effeminate man <laughs> go around, you know, mincing, uh-huh. then she's not going to take me to go see that. Mincing. Okay. So anyway. Um, what was the correction? The print I saw is on HBO. The sequence where he's tying his his uh, his bicycle okay. off onto the statue. Right. Uh, in the in the print I saw on HBO, you can actually see the 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 chain coming through the bucket from the floor. So like you know he's 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 oh, pulling yeah he's pulling and I remember as a kid I saw I was like oh that's a mistake you know because it's, I remember that too. and yeah. and watching this this uh this version of it that I just watched that that is the the framing is completely different so you don't they see that it. that mistake is wow. not there yeah and I remember that vividly because whenever I caught a mistake <laughs> when I was a kid I was hopping oh. up and down like a, like an idiot <laughs> like yes I got I you saw something <laughs> I see through your magic tricks. Now, what's funny is that it is his uh, Paul Rubens is really jarring for about the first, I, I would say maybe fifteen minutes, and then he then you're so used to him that it becomes the, yeah. you know that becomes commonplace. So it's kind of genius that that doesn't get it. It has the opposite effect. It doesn't get tiring. It gets more endearing as it goes on. And then you know, there's a all the the rest of it is just nostalgia hits for me, like Large Marge, and <laughs> you know, like uh, uh, them going off a cliff and then using the the rag top to float down to the. I mean, it's yeah. just <laughs> just crazy, stupid stuff like that. Um, Francis, of course, and that he that he takes a bath in a in a pool with battleships and stuff like that in it. Which also, when you're a kid, you think it's the coolest thing in the world, and you really want to be able to I, I, do that. Watching it today, I thought that was the coolest thing <laughs> in the world. I was just like, God, how would you not want to watch a miniature swimming pool in your bedroom <laughs> to quote to to bathe slash just swim around in all the time? And it's fucking deep because he went yeah. underwater. Yeah, <laughs> he completely it's like at least four, four, It's at least four feet deep. Yeah, it's not my kind of movie, really. 
Um, it's not something I would just keep going back to on my own. But I, yeah, I didn't have any issues watching this. Like, it, it brought back a lot of childhood memories. But then also, like, in watching it again as an adult and realizing it is, I didn't even know until just now that it was Tim Burton's first movie. But just realize, you know, as I watched this, realizing it's a Tim Burton movie. And so then not only am I watching it for the film, but I'm also watching for, like, Burtonisms, you know, all over mm-hmm. the place. Like, you know, little things. And it doesn't really feel Tim Burton-y until it starts to rev up it's still you know and then it's yeah. almost like as it's almost like tim burton himself just realized how far he could stretch things mm-hmm. and then by the end of the film it's a completely different movie by the end of the film than it is at the beginning because there's a very there's a very kind of traditional comedy vibe to it in the beginning with with the comedic beats and by the end it's doing its own thing you know it's completely you know so in my opinion so yeah this was pretty great Especially following right because I watched them back to back. So, you know, me too. I followed, I actually watched this first and then followed it with a woman under the influence. Yeah, that, that's tougher. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, a tough, that's a tougher play. Yeah. So I was like, where's my hammer? I just wanted to hit myself in the head with it. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, this was, and actually, this, this, I, I watched this a couple of hours after waking up after, after spending the entire night in the emergency room. So this, this was, this was very therapeutic so um yeah the peewee's big adventure not a disappointment in the revisit uh i I very much enjoyed it yeah like i said it's been a long time since i've seen this and i and i even the stuff that i had forgotten which was a fair amount of the there's i mean that listen as you watch this movie there's it's I could easily watch this movie again tomorrow and I guarantee you I would see things something brand new didn't that I didn't see in my watch today that I that I still had just forgotten about there is so so many little things thrown in here in the backgrounds and little gimmicks and just all the different stuff going on from you know apparently apparently there's a fan theory that peewee made his living uh selling selling his plans for his Rube Goldbergian uh, <laughs> inventions on, on for everyday life. And that was like, that's how Pee Wee made money and lived his life in his little house or whatever was, <laughs> was he would sell the plans for like his thing that would make his breakfast and See, like, know, feed the dog and whatever. The movie itself doesn't even require that. Like, it's like, it's, Correct. it's, it's the Correct. way it is. You don't even need to know how he makes a living. No. You just, oh, he just exists. He slides down the pole. He's fully dressed. <laughs> yeah. and you're just on, you're off. Yeah. Your, yeah. Your let's, let's, let's just do this. Let's just, and the thing is, it. it's like, he doesn't flip a switch. He doesn't do this. He lights a candle and slides it under a string that's <laughs> taut in order to trigger everything. <laughs> I had forgotten that Milton Burl briefly appears. In this yeah. movie, yeah, I mean, it's insane. And then, of course, Twisted Sister is it? Like the yeah. <laughs> the whole cast is great, and I love that. Like Cassandra Peterson is in the biker yes. scene yeah, because Elvira. he and he's talked like um, Paul Rubens has talked about how like he he knew her. Like there's just such a small group of people who had um, you know alter egos like that. Like she's Elvira, and I think like maybe he knew or had met Minnie Pearl and you know it's like right. such a, a small club but yeah the cast is so great I love it oh on every level I love it and I do feel like the scenes there's so many dream sequences 
in this movie. And I think like at least another one was cut out, but like those seem to be the ones where like Tim Burton really also got yeah. like a, a way to like, kind of like the clown sequence, like where it's, it's especially Tim Burton-y and he kind of got to do even more cool visual stuff. Yeah. I, in my, in my travels as being security for, for celebrities at shows, I actually spent some time around Paul Rubens. I don't know if it was because of, and I had obviously only known him as peewee so it's like meeting him as paul rubens was like weird because i'm just like you know i'm expecting this son of kind of larger than life personality even though clearly i knew it was a character you just sort of assume that there'll be some sort of overlap between real life and what he does and he was so quiet and so subdued and just like just like just just kind of keeping to himself he was there as part of a group um they had filmed, he was in a horror movie and uh, he was like the the second or third lead in the horror movie, whatever, you know, the second or third recognizable name in it, let's put it that way. And so, but he was just there and it was just totally like normal him dressed in jeans and a t-shirt and in a denim jacket. And, you know, he was not there as Pee Wee at all. And, you know, he opened up his mouth to say something. And he was just, you know, just talking normally. And you're just like, oh, okay, that's, that's what he sounds like. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> But um, I mean, I mean, at the time, I mean, like I said, other than the fact that he was he seemed to be either very shy, which would be funny or just kind of like, you know, he was waiting, just trying to, you know, be on about his business and maybe not be recognized while he was there because, you know, for obvious reasons. Well, I had kind of an opposite Paul Rubens experience. Interesting. uh, Here we go. I'm a huge, huge Paul Rubens fan. I have like a, a I've posted like a a poem I wrote about Pee Wee Herman when I was 10 years old, whatever. <laughs> so I had an interview scheduled with him maybe 10 years ago, at least 10 years ago. And it was one of those things where like, it was going to be like, they shut down, you know, like we were going to meet at a restaurant. They shut down the the restaurant. So I go there and I'm, and of course the whole time you're scheduling the interview, it's with Paul, obviously like yeah. I'm interviewing Paul and so I'm sitting there waiting for him to come out and he comes out and he's wearing, he's dressed as Pee Wee Herman. Oh my God. He's wearing the full everything. And right. I tried so hard. It was a terrible interview because I was so <laughs> like, oh my God, like, you know, trying to be, con- you know, controlled and like professional and but and not freak out that like, he's there in front of me, but he's speaking as Paul Rubin. So he is like speaking very quietly and, you know, not, not in a Was Pee-wee he supposed to do like anything. an appearance that day somewhere as Pee Wee yeah, or something? I, you know, it was, I'm not really I'm sure. trying to keep you Maybe off balance. Later. <laughs> right. It threw me off, but, but I do know like the people, like the publicist absolutely knew that I was a massive, massive <laughs> fan. Oh my God. But so, yeah. So I'm trying to talk to him when he's wearing that. And, and I said, is anything you're wearing right now like original, original peewee? And he's like, yes, this is the original bow tie. <laughs> oh my God, it was so <laughs> much. And then a few years ago, I saw him at, a couple years ago, I was at New York Comic Con and he was doing an appearance there. And I went up to him and I said, and I told him, you know, who I was or whatever. And I said, um, you know, my dream is to write your memoir. And so you need to let me know if you're ever going to, if you're ever interested, I would love to do it. And he, he said, I've already started. 
There you go. I hope that I hope he has. I hope it, I can't wait. That's one book I would love to read. Yeah, that's gotta be. <laughs> oh my gosh. You gotta read it to uh to a um to a Danny Elfman soundtrack, you know? Yeah. That's like the perfect oh, yeah. companion. Yeah, the piece audio the yeah. audio book needs a Danny Elfman. Yeah, this movie's in my top fifty of all time. As I wrote in my review, it's it's the closest movie uh it's the closest movie to being an amusement park that's ever been made i mean the whole thing is just colorful i mean it starts off with a rude goldberg uh, contraption it's full of pop culture there's just you know like steve said you could watch it today and then just put it on tomorrow and it would be fine you'd never it, it just it's something you never get bored of if you enjoy it it's it's like eating candy or it's like a candy store and you find something new every time. I really like comedies that are PG and make you laugh out loud because that even more so now than before, but it, that's a rarity. And that's hard to do in a age where everyone wants to be Quentin Tarantino and use, you know, violence and foul language to get you to laugh. I mean, this movie is as you know, there's there's innuendo in it, but it's it's fairly clean, and that's that that just makes me happy that as an entity, it's out there, and it's it's like really really genuine old time comedy. And that you know, when I saw it, I remember where I saw it. Do, do you remember uh, Century One Two Three, Steve in, in oh, Schomburg? Oh yeah, of course. That's that's where I saw this on a sneak preview, and I I just I remember the experience and and going and, and just coming out of it. And it was like back, you know, it was, I think it came out what time of year it was, it was uh, August. It was August. Okay. So it was that it was, and it was 85, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So it was after back the future. So back the future. And then the next movie that made me feel close to that was this. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised you guys didn't see it, see it in the theater. I mean, I was, when I saw it, I was like, wow, this movie's going to be crazy fun. And it, it, it lived up to that expectation for a 14 year old boy you know danny elfman's score it's as important to this movie as john williams scores for spielberg movies it's it propels it along and i I think he's great i i I get what hassan's saying a lot of his you know his style's instantly recognizable and you can tell it's it's one of his scores right away although he's done stuff like i think midnight run is an example of you know, a great Danny Elfman score that doesn't sound like Danny Elfman. Um, so he's, right. you know, he's, he's pretty talented and, and, you know, everyone involved in this, it's, it's just so much fun to watch. I don't think uh, EG Daly gets enough credit as Dottie. I think she's just absolutely perfect and adorable uh, in the role she plays. And, you know, she's basically playing opposite Pee Wee Herman, who is stealing the show from the first 10 seconds of the movie. And, and, you know, she's great in this. Um, and I would just, last thing I'd say is this, I think it's so good that the sequel had no chance of competing with this. And I, I really disliked big top peewee. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I didn't like it at all. I thought it had no magic and I didn't laugh and I, I, I did. I found it not very That's funny. I remember really liking big top peewee. I, I, I really enjoyed it as a sequel. I never I even, I never even saw the third one either. Third one? Uh, the Netflix. It's a Netflix movie, movie but yeah. Oh, okay. It's the third movie. So. Oh, I, I'm probably 
vaguely aware somewhere that that exists but i <laughs> you could have asked me that if there was a you know how many peewee movies i would have said too so <laughs> yeah yeah i know i didn't know about it i i barely remembered it either if i hadn't looked it up for the podcast i probably would, would have forgotten it too wow oh i missed that i don't know but it's uh yeah it's fa- it's a fantastic movie if you haven't seen it how the how yeah how the hell yeah well maybe some young kids these days haven't oh seen that's it. true fair enough and they would I, I think they love it. I mean, it, it doesn't, it's not dated. It's just, it's almost like a classic, like Charlie Chaplin or Buster Keaton movie. There's just physical comedy and quick jokes and, you know, innuendo and double entendres and everything. It's just, it's, it's great. It's, it's a lot of fun on all levels. Right. But like you said, it's all handled so cleanly and so deftly that you, yeah. I, mean, you I mean, all that credit has to go to, you know, to, to Rubens, uh, Hartman and, and Varhol for that. Right. And the, there's quite, this movie's full of quotable lines and oh. we quote it all the time and my friends and I, and it's, it's, you know, that, that tells you a movie has, has stood the test of time when, when you're quoting it and when there's 20 quotes from it, not just one or two. Right. Oh, my daughter's been going around saying, I know where you are, but what am I? And like doing the tequila <laughs> dance. And oh, like, there's the moment where like he says, everybody has a big butt that, you know, like I loved when <laughs> I was a kid and she loved that. So it's like, oh my God. And then there's, yes, I love, and it's so many, it is comedy, but it is so many genres. And you see like all these influences on, on both on, you know, Paul Rubens, but also on, on Tim Burton. Like there's like that moment where like, it's the chat, like, you see Pee-wee's like giant shadow. There's right. some parts where, you know, where it kind of looks like a, a little bit of like a monster movie. There is like, you know, parts where like my daughter's like, wait, is this going to get really scary? Or you know, <laughs> like when you know, the bike like, gets stolen and it has those sort of Hitchcockian yes. music cues that are playing the, the, the violin cues. Yeah. You've got a biker bar. You got all sorts of stuff. You get all there. sorts of stuff. Yes. That, that's a, the, and that's another key to this movie, a sense of its own success is, you could take a hundred other movies that try and set out to do this and are unsuccessful. And yet this one pulls it off and there, there's no point in this movie. It was funny. Cause when I was watching it, I was trying to not necessarily look for flaws, but look for, you know, look for things that I'm, I, I'm not a big, generally I've got a few comedies in my bag that I'm a big fan of. And then I got a, most of the rest of them are just like, meh, there's just you know, a, a really good friend of ours says comedies aren't films. They just, he just refuses to accept the fact that comedies are actual films. He's wrong. Oh yeah, my well, gosh. Um, Great but, fun at parties. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's all right. <laughs> but Used uh, to be. <laughs> I know what he means because recently we've seen a few like old, like thirties and forties, you know, film comedies from, from that era. And, you know, what, what they referred to as a comedy back then is not what we sort of, you know, I think most people in our generation, what a film comedy is now, they weren't necessarily, it was more absurdist humor than it was, you know, writing jokes and writing situations that were just, you know, situationally funny. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was definitely more about just, isn't that crazy? you know, kind of humor as opposed to, which is, which is a more realistic level of humor in most cases. But this movie just, you know, you'd almost can envision this movie as being surreal because it is sort of on this other sort of, I mean, there's parts of it obviously that exists in our world, but there are also big chunks of it that just sort of don't, Mm. you know, they're just claymation parts. 
Well, I mean, besides obviously the animated portions of it and the dream sequences, but there are just portions of this movie where you're just like, there's no way that could, that could exist in real life and, and the days would just go by. But be, beyond that, it doesn't matter because like you said, it's done so well. Like I said, it's funny start to finish. Not, not, nothing in the movie, like I said, even though like certain lines you've heard a million times, the whole interchange with him and Francis at the beginning where they're oh, trading God. insults and all that. It, it just it's not I mean you even though you've heard that or seen that a hundred times it doesn't it just doesn't get old it's just hysterical mm-hmm. and I mean his delivery is just I mean I mean listen I get it if you're one of those people who just really hates the Pee Wee Herman character I can see why you wouldn't like this movie I get that uh and l- listen that that style of humor is not for everybody but if if you <laughs> if you're in any way a fan of of what what he has accomplished yeah you should you should really see this movie because it's i still i love the part where Fran- where he gives the trick gum to francis's <laughs> dad, dad yeah. who just screams yeah. it's like <laughs> i still wonder what did that, what was that gum? was it just really spicy what i'm guessing it was just like a hot gum or something yeah, yeah what because then the other scream? gum was that turned francis's mouth black yes yeah. yes <laughs> I think one of the tricks is that um, if you notice, if you when, when you watch it again, Paul Rubens is very sparing, like towards towards the middle, towards to, to the end, he only basically reacts to things with like two or three, you know, sentences of words. It's not like he goes on these long monologues and in in character, and that yeah. you know, so he's got he's got like a kind of quirky reaction to everything, which keeps him in play, but you yeah. don't get exhausted with his antics because he doesn't he very rarely he's almost he's almost subdued through the whole thing he's just experiencing all these things right so it doesn't get it's not like um even though i love him it's not like jack sparrow you know halfway through the the sequels to um right to you know the the pirates movie where you're like okay all right okay (laughs) i get it yeah exactly um Uh, when when i was a kid i was i was a big fan of short stories just because i liked being able to read anywhere from a five to a 20 page story and be done with that story. So I would always get all these, these short story collections, specifically sci-fi horror. A lot of the early um, Conan stuff was all done in, in short story or novella length uh, kind of tales. So when I was a kid, I found later a paperback of something and it was called a hundred great short, short stories where there was no story in the book that was over three pages long. Um, Some of them were just like a page and a half. And I was just like amazed at this. I thought this was like the coolest thing. I mean, now this has been, this has been like distilled down even further with like some of the things now that do like, honestly, you can go with from even like story prompts, but like stuff like there's sites out there that do like the two sentence horror story and, you know, two sentence stories and stuff like that. Yeah. But I like to your point, there's a whole lot of this movie that's like that where there's just like, you know, it's a series of little almost bits but they're tied together so well and they there's the 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 kind of jump from one to another is done so well that it doesn't feel like you're watching like an episode of like the kids in the hall you're or, or another skit show right you know with the same guys you're just watching this movie but everything's done so smoothly and done so well that you doesn't stand it doesn't stand out like that it still feels smooth even though you're getting these like short controlled bursts of scenes from him Right. And it does. I think it does have a heart. I mean, remember, he saves the snakes. That's right. Even though he hates, even though Paul Rubens (laughs) is afraid of snakes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah. <laughs> You're ah! <laughs> Every time you look <laughs> Awesome. It's awesome. It's a funny like the yeah, idea that, that they're going to call him a hero after that. You're like, this I man's know. a hero, you know? <laughs> and the cop's like, he's wanted, you know? And, he, yeah. and the thing is, what's funny, the conflagration of, of events, he's wanted for stealing his own bike back, you know? So he technically yes. hasn't committed a crime at all, you know? So it was actually a good wrap-up at the end of uh, the story. And then they make a movie out of his life, and then he gets to go to the premiere, and then they overdub oh his voice, gosh. which is the best thing is. ever. Which is a whole <laughs> other level of satire and yeah. surrealism, you know, with no, that whole thing. You know, no, it's like just... not yet, Mr. Herman. <laughs> <laughs> Paging Mr. Herman. <laughs> telephone call at the front desk. A <laughs> little, uh, little bit of sentimental trivia. The cinematographer of this movie was also the cinematographer on two recent movies we did on Sentimental. Uh, well, this like is, well, this is sentimental, but yes. <laughs> well, yes, I'm just saying it's so, uh, some different guests have picked a movie done by this same cinematographer. He did, he did Xanadu. Oh, uh, I heard that episode. And he also did uh, They Might Be Giants of all weird movies to have that he would oh, have. Oh, wow, picked. that is weird. Yeah, and, and he's done a lot of movies, a lot. Dog Day Afternoon, uh the jerk last tycoon last wow. shot. this guy's all over the board like he can do any genre comedy yeah and justice for all eyes of laura mars both wow. uh, national lampoon vacation Sheesh. first movies mm-hmm. uh tommy boy that guy should get over himself that's that's my attitude about i've never heard of this <laughs> guy before wow and he's still Kemper. alive he's yeah. dude 98 94 uh, born in 27 yeah yeah so wow. he's First movie was 67. Last one was 2006. That's pretty wow. cool. Um, he did do American Pie Presents Bandcamp. That's uh, not the one. <laughs> well, we don't talk about that, though. Yeah, Those aren't the things we gonna... talk about. <laughs> yeah. Never won, never won any big award, though. He won a Lifetime Achievement, but uh, they give that no, to him. He everyone. definitely deserves a Lifetime Achievement, though. That's a, that's, right. a, that's a body of work, man. Holy cow. Yeah. It's, if you look at it, it's pretty, pretty amazing. A uh, <laughs> bunch of different movies. Maybe he's like uh, he's like one of those old school guys that the studios would come up with and be like, you know, new director. All right. Here's a guy to here's a guy to, to help you out, you know, just because I think you're right. I think you're right about that. He's There's got, uh, you know, it's like it's like in comics when they would get a uh, they'd get a, a either a mediocre writer or a mediocre artist on something. They'd have like certain inkers were very, very good at finishing really mediocre pencils for somebody. And they would say, all right, so. And it'd always be funny because you hear like you'd see like a new comic project being announced and it's like written by this superstar guy with this new artist who yeah. nobody's ever heard of. And, and, George. And, and, <laughs> let, and but then the inker was like somebody who's inked like every single one of the best artists out there in comics. And you're just like, oh, OK, I, I see what you're going for here. <laughs> but yeah, this is the, I mean, this is like back in the back in the day when, uh, you know, studios still would be able to be like, all right, so you need a, you don't have a guy yet. All right. Well, uh, we know just the guy to help you out and, and, and help you break in and, and learn stuff. So he's a cinematographer doctor. Maybe. He is. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cinema doctor for before the free agents ruined the goddamn league <laughs> to, to quote a movie. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, so yeah, everyone, uh, everyone anywhere, every time should go see Pee Wee's Big Adventure just because um, 
it's awesome. And yeah, Cinnamentals approved. <laughs> this project certified fresh. Yeah. Well, look, I'm glad I got one one approval. <laughs> the other one people should see. I, yeah, the other one definitely. Yeah. I, you should definitely. You should see, see it. The just, other one. Just, just plan you know, your psych appointment. Yeah, after it's exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Hide all your sharp objects and yeah. then lock up your weapons. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't 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 plan counseling afterwards <laughs> yeah. or anything, but I you know just or maybe you know don't be going to the knife show. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> Walking near the cliffs of Dover. You know? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go mountain climbing after I watch this movie and see what happens. I guess. Hey, oh, those rocks look a little loose. Maybe I yeah. should see if I can straighten them up. <laughs> so that's Pee Wee's Big Adventure, right? And I mean, we could certainly dip our toe into the uh, into the, the 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 world of of Tim Burton. Uh, oh yeah, if Ooh. you were if you were so inclined, uh, and you could at least get you know, with that with with Tim at least we know that we've all seen probably at least I'm guessing at least ten of his films a piece, if not more, depending on your whether you like him or not. Yeah, but yeah. Um, Let's see here. Director, he's got 40 directing credits. I know all his earlier ones are all going to be a lot of shorts early on. Boy, it's hard to pick a best. Oh, I know. I know what. You know what your favorite favorite Tim Burton film? Oh, heck yeah. Oh, we just talked about my favorite. But it's. I think all of my favorites are in the first 10 years. This is my favorite. This is your favorite Tim Burton film? Like, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I think I'm just looking at his. Yeah, I like this movie a lot, but I think that my favorite Burton film. I know what you're gonna say too. Well, so there's two different ways of doing this. There's his what I think is his best film, and what my favorite film obviously are two different things. Um, I think his best film is Ed Wood. Um, hands down, I think it's okay. it's his one of the the single. I, I, it's it's a great film, not just a great Tim Burton film. Okay, but my personal favorite film of his, and yeah, you're probably going to guess right. As much as I love all of his crazy universe stuff that he's done, and what he's done to existing universes, obviously not counting Planet of the Apes, but is uh, Big Fish. Yeah, um, I just I, I absolutely love Big Fish. It's 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 I feel one of his least Tim Burton kind of films that if you like if you were watching that and didn't know it was Tim Burton, you might not guess it was. But uh, uh, true. Yeah, that's true. It's probably his most straightforward besides Ed Wood, I think. Looking at all these. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen I haven't seen Big Eyes and no. I haven't seen yeah. his remake of Dumbo yet. No, I haven't seen those either. He's got some clunkers, though, in my opinion. Oh, the biggest. He's got one of the biggest clunkers ever, which is his remake of Planet of the Apes. Yeah, I I don't love that movie. I think he's. um, It is the shiniest turd ever created. Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children is not very interesting. It's it's a capable movie, but it's I didn't think it was great. Have you read Uh, any of those books? No. I read the first trilogy. They're they're quite good, and uh, I think they would probably make you enjoy the movie a little more. But that's okay. here or there. Well, I don't need a glossary to watch a movie if you know what I'm talking about. 
I don't need a caveman sheet when I'm watching caveman to figure out what they're saying. I, that's not the reason. That's not what you meant at all, right? That's not really the reason why I would think you would make you enjoy it more, but okay, that's fine. Oh, no. I, I, if that's the way you'd like to take it, that's 100%. That's the way okay. I'm going to take it. And okay. now I'm going to get more insolent here and say his most overrated film is Edward Scissorhands. I think that movie stinks. Wow. <clears throat> No, it definitely doesn't. It definitely, it definitely doesn't. It definitely doesn't stink. No, it doesn't stink. But it's, it's. I, I, I will say that I had, I have seen it in more recently, and I did think that it was, it was much softer than I remember it. It was a much um, very quiet movie. Well, yeah, but it doesn't. It did. It just seemed less. The impact of it on me when I was watching it now, I felt was was more jarring uh, in his change of of not only pacing, but in just in change of mood and scenery and stuff in the film. It wasn't it wasn't as fine tuned as he was able to be later on. Um, uh, that's a good description. But beyond that, I, I, I I'm always going to have uh, I'm always going to have a spot in inside for Edward Scissorhands. It's just, it's just such a, that's another just great fun, surreal movie where it's just like this strange world. And it's got ones of Vincent Price's last roles in it where it's like, I can't not love that. So Batman returns. Isn't very good either. Oh, come on. I want to watch it again. I I haven't seen it in a long time. Well, hopefully the version has an ending because the one I saw does not. Wait, what'd you say? It doesn't have a what? I said, hopefully the version she watches has an ending because the version I saw did not have an ending. Well, Batman Returns? Yeah, the ending is terrible. <laughs> the terrible ending. It's terrible. Hassan, do you have any thoughts on Tim Burton films? Uh, I like all of them with the exception of, well, I actually liked Planet of the Apes, but it's a terrible, it's a terrible story. The makeup's amazing now. It is oh, yeah. nominated. That's why and, I said and, it's the shiniest turd ever created. Yeah. And Estelle Warren, you know. But um, anyway. <laughs> Estelle <I'm> Warren. Sorry. <laughs> uh, and Mark Wahlberg. That movie had no ending either. That ending makes no sense. Zero it makes right. sense if you read the book. Right. But it, it's, it's loosely. It loosely makes sense if you read well, the book. Without the book, it doesn't make any sense just watching the movie. It's, it's Right. But it makes sense if you read the book. But anyway, that's that's not... That's not there. Uh, you know, Hassan, we don't need a glossary to tell us no. how the I don't I don't want to have to read a book work. to watch any movie. I shouldn't have to have a companion. <laughs> no, I know. I know I never said you did. I know, I don't think I don't think you are required to like it. I'm just I'm just right. the, the caveat to your statement is it does make sense if you have read the book, but that does not make it. I don't it even good. like fish eggs, Hassan. Okay. Well, I I suggest that you refrain from eating them then, Latham. Uh, anyway. Okay, why did you say I had a caviar? <laughs> oh, caveat. Caveat. My bad. My bad. Sorry. Gotcha, Hassan. You weren't ready for that one. You weren't ready. You see, when you, but you, but, but when you release your own joke, it just sort of loses well, strength. I have to because they're not funny. Okay. The, you know, the first step to solving a problem is knowing it that it exists. But anyway. Um, right. <laughs> All right, I'm Gina Rollins. His his best oh. movie, his best movie as far as I'm concerned is uh, Sleepy Hollow. 
That's my absolute favorite movie. Yeah, I just saw that. I saw most of that movie recently, and I yeah, that was I've forgotten how fun that movie is. It remains in my considerably long list of beautiful movies. It remains the number one most beautiful movie I've ever seen in the theater. Oh wow! It was almost replaced by The Fellowship of the Rings, Mm -hmm. but it but no, it it wins out. It's because it's pure art, and all of it is a forced perspective. Most of it, Um, yes, right. And um, it's all on a movie set, and it's got Christopher Walken in it. You know, so there's there's a number of things that just make it fantastic. Also, uh, the Emperor and Darth Maul are in it. That's ironically, right. <laughs> that's right. Strangely enough, yeah. What? Just a gorgeous film. Yeah. Uh, it. What's also wonderful about that film? What it? it, it and it kind of taught me this. Audience is a little too sophisticated. For whodunits now, especially if you have a, especially if you have like a you know all star ensemble cast, mm-hmm. and at that time Casper Van Dien did, did qualify as a star, yeah. you know, yeah, right? Uh, so the the trick to getting around that is not letting it the audience know it's a mystery until you're halfway through it, and now you haven't taken any notes and you don't you you haven't been right. putting things together, yep. so the movie doesn't really reveal itself as a who is the headless horseman like who done it kind of situation until um you know until johnny depp starts to fiddle around and you know so i thought that was really well done because it it kept over analytical jerk heads like myself from you know from just going oh it's him got it you know makes sense perfect perfect uh perfectly weak and terrible movie that you've made here mr burden so i i enjoyed that also i enjoyed like being stumped um what? and like i said it's a it's just a fantastic i i watched it again recently and it holds up it's just another it's a beautiful movie yeah. it's right up there with the crow as a, as you know one of the the last like analog uh you know uh fantasy movies you know um with without an overabundance of CG and you know um, fake backgrounds and and that kind of thing, like you know, I mean it, they're all, it's all fake, but it's on like a movie set. You know, it's it right. does it leans into the fact it's, that it's none legitimate of the, movie magic. Yeah, that it, 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 yes, <laughs> as opposed to digital movie magic. So, right. uh, yeah, that's so that's my favorite. Um, I I like Edward Scissorhands. I think it, you know, but it's it it, it was a little. You know, like it was a little out there for me when I was, and I was really young when I first saw it. I saw that in the theater, though. So, I mean, I got it, but it, you know, uh, I've never seen Nightmare Before Christmas. What? I've never seen Nightmare Before Christmas, and I've never seen Big Fish. Oh, he didn't. Well, he didn't direct that, so it doesn't really. Yeah. And I do own Big Fish. I've just never watched it. Wow. Just weird. One of those weird quirks. Well, just like Nightmare Nightmare Before Christmas. I was supposed to go see it with a group of people um, from school, and I got there late. And they went without me, which Aww. they should have. They should have, because I got there late. And uh, and so, for some reason, I have never been able to, to, to put the circumstances together properly to be able to sit through that film. You know, like, it's just this, this some kind of quirky, weird curse where i can never actually just watch the film it's like, strange. like literally if you turn on the, the movie guide and it was coming on in five minutes you would actively avoid it 
there's something no i'm not i'm it's there always something would come up where i can't watch okay. this right now okay i gotta right. i gotta do that you know i gotta that's do surprise, this that's one of those movies that especially on obviously be, you know, between like october and december it's on all the time on mm-hmm. you know, what a tnt or tbs or one of those has got mm-hmm. uh it's also a christmas movie which is you know you know how awkward that that is to me right so christmas green movie no i know i know yeah so i don't i don't i don't do christmas so um you know it's it, it, there's a number of things i i'm not opposed to watching it i just haven't i just haven't been able to get my act together well to see uh it. when when uh, when you the, when you finally come up to the house uh, we'll, uh it will it will it will somehow miraculously will, be on we'll break the curse. will happen and things will align and we will, <laughs> we, you will you will finally watch it no, nah, so, so uh, an owl will come through your window, like, and we'll have to deal with that. <laughs> with a, with a copy of the DVD in his mouth, <laughs> <laughs> it'll steal the DVD That's out right. of your hand, and then, uh, God damn it! You're like, really, <laughs> really? <laughs> um, Whitney, any what are some uh, what are the other Tim Burton films that you like besides Pee Wee? Yeah, Pee Wee for sure is number one for me. I would put number two, Beetlejuice. But mm-hmm. I, I love Beetle. That's another movie. I feel like it's a near perfect. I mean, I can't. I love it. I, I love it. it. It is a perfect movie. There's nothing I dislike about Beetlejuice. I watched that again not too long ago. You know, it, that's that's a good thing about having having a kid. I get to revisit all these movies <laughs> I, lo- I used to love. And, you know, she loved it, too. And there's certainly a few more scary moments in that than in Pee Wee. You come uh, for your daughter, Chuck. <laughs> you come for your daughter, And I Chuck. love it. So that would be my second favorite, for sure. And, um, and I would say, like, third is probably Edward Scissorhands. I love the look of that movie. I love, movie. like, yeah. oh, my gosh. I love the it's yeah, an absolutely it, it's a fairy tale yeah, yeah. without, without yeah. i mean like shameless it's shamelessly a, a fairy tale and then probably ed wood and um and, and you know like i uh, at some point i would say uh, i maybe big fa- at some point probably around 2000 ish like i sort of fell fell out like you know those are my less <laughs> lesser favorites but even so i think i've seen most of them you know it's like yeah. i'll still watch although i will say i walked out of dark shadows and i never that might be the wow. only movie i've ever walked wow. out of like it just for whatever reason it just didn't didn't work for me right it um, is it is not really a well put together story like it doesn't yeah, it could easily have worked, and for some reason, it almost seems like they purposely did it so it doesn't really work. For yeah, it, weird. it could have been so cool. I was super excited about it, and then it, that didn't really work for me. But yeah, I I think I've seen most of his movies. I tried to watch uh, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar, and I I just I couldn't I couldn't get through it. But um, but yeah, I mean, even even a Tim Burton movie that I don't love, I'll still I'll still watch because it's Tim Burton. Yeah. yeah, there's a certain expectation of of you're going to get something visually tasty, regardless. You know, you're mm-hmm. gonna you're gonna get something good out of it. I mean, and that, I mean, again, like I I call Land of the Apes the shiniest turd ever created. You know, I mean, and again, in from a pure visual sense, like Hassan said, the 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 the, the evolution of ape effects into that movie that Rick Baker did and you know, all the other stuff that's going on in that film are just absolutely, it's absolutely beautifully done. Yep. It's just the movie itself is terrible. 
It's just yeah. it, for it, for how much for how much Planet of the Apes stuff that's been done that came before and after that was so much more so much better done. Yeah. To have that kind of stand out as this just really kind of low spot. You know, I, I just think it's a, it, I, you know what, I, I always chalk it up to it being a really weird combination to have taken place in, you know, in the first place. It's like, why would you offer Planet of the Apes to Tim Burton, you know? But then again, why would you offer Tim Burton Batman, honestly? Although he made that right after Sleepy Hollow, you know? I, I and, know. And so it's like one of those things like, wow, he is hit or miss, you know? He may, yeah. he'll make a movie like that and it'll be, Sleepy Hollow is almost like a perfect fairy tale movie. Um, and, I, and I've never seen Sweeney Todd. I've seen it. It's it's. I like it. I don't know if it's good. I don't. I don't know I the stage like play at all. So. Oh yeah, I haven't. That's one I haven't seen. Sweeney Todd. Yeah. And it's like Johnny Depp and. Um, we'll do a big watch party. We'll all jump on. We'll all watch it for the first time together. And Helena Bonham Carter are just ridiculously fantastic together. You yes. know. Um, yes. Uh, but it is a. There's another strange. There's a lot of Burtonisms in it, like where it just the movie just decides to stop making sense at a certain point. Right. Like, like nah, we're not gonna. You know, one of his movies that good. I saw when I saw it the first time, I wasn't that enamored with, but now that I've seen it two or three times, I actually like more. Is his take on Willy Wonka? Uh, for when I saw that in the theater, I just was like, nah, I was just like not digging it at all. I didn't like Johnny Depp's weird sort of plasticky version of of him. You know, and so I have such. I have such a tight focus on that story and characters from the original version and to then have this new version. And again, I think that's a really good combination to throw out there. If like, if you were, if you were like, you know, pitching movie ideas to people and you're like, Hey, how about Tim Burton doing Willy Wonka? You're like, Oh yeah, that, 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 that seems to fit together. Um, But I just think for whatever reason, it didn't quite come together, I think, as strongly as it could have. Um, but I do like it more now that I've seen it a couple of times. Than, That's uh, why I haven't seen it, Stevie, because because I don't want to <laughs> don't want to compare it to the original. Oh, really? You've never seen it? No. Oh, it's so different. I think. Oh, it de- all the characterizations really are definitely different. Compare yeah. it. Well, that's yeah. good. Maybe I'll see it then. And it's and it, you know what's funny too is I more I more recently in my with my more adult brain saw the original uh, for the first time in a really long time all the way through, and I was I was actually blown away by how good of a movie that is. Yeah, like like I mean like a real movie. Now when you're a kid, you just watch. It's like watching Chitty Chitty Bang Bang or or Ten Commandments mm-hmm. or Wizard of Oz every year. You just don't you don't realize you know <laughs> what they are. You realize that they're this thing you watch all the time. But when you watch them much much later, and you can like kind of assess it on a different level. Um, yeah. And his and Gene Wilder is uh, that might be like the role of his life. I mean, uh, the, he just lands everything in that and there's just there's so he was that's way deeper of an acting of an acting example than a lot of people i think have ever given that film credit for i think there's a lot more to that movie than than people think it's just not just a bunch of kids visiting a candy factory the original one also also like like successfully achieves a very quiet menace without ever leaning into it and the, and the Burton one just kind of 
turn you know try it it almost turns itself into a like a parody of a horror movie like it's a good it's not bad but the original is so is so matter of fact with it so casual mm-hmm. with the 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 dread that you that you would not suspect until things start to go wrong with those kids you know right. and then you're you know and it's like okay it's, it's done it's done in the manner of you know of moral play but bad thing i mean in and then you know not to piss latham off but in the books those kids do not survive <laughs> right what? so you know so <laughs> like in the in the show in the in the, in the film they're fine yeah. but in the books they they those kids don't survive and there's are roll doll did not pull punches no no so it, it kind of um well there was a lot there was a lot more darkness in roll doll stuff than that was ever oh, yeah. shown in all of yeah. his adaptations his children's um, works yeah i said the only one who really kind of leaned into it was uh was uh bfg was spielberg's bfg where the they they actually just out and out say no these guys eat kids (laughs) they try and eat children um but for the most part all most of what road balls uh stuff was watered down considerably because he he he's uh he was like that george rr martin of fairy tales he killed a lot of people Although I did like uh, what's his face is uh, the guy who actually directed uh, Henry Selleck. Uh, he's the one who did the adaptation of James and the Giant Peach. That mm. was yeah. so good, and that that's a really good version, I think, of that story. But uh, but anyway, that's a different show. So uh, <laughs> so uh, Whitney, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, and- thank you so much for having me. This was super fun. I mean, look, it was fun for me. Oh no, <laughs> listen, it we wasn't had fun all too. fun for you. But we we went on a journey together. That's right. That's right. Yes. And uh, so is there anything you'd like to uh, advertise or plug or anything? Uh, your, oh, pat- sure. your Patreon or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. I well, I do a a weekly uh, pop culture newsletter, which is free, but you can also get more stuff and support my work at Patreon.com/slash Whitney Matheson. And then I also. I'm, I write a lot of children's books for Epic, which is free through public schools and libraries. Oh, it's wow, a lot, nice. how a lot of kids are reading these days. So uh, getepic.com is where you can find them. And then um, I, have a, I have many, I have several books coming out, um, including one on unicorn like i have a series about like myths and legends so it's like they're they're history books kind of very fun and i just finished one on uh atlantis oh very nice yes all right whitney and i'll uh i'll hit you up when this is going to go up and then great you can pass it around and whatnot and uh yes of course and there you go so all right thanks so much and uh thank you uh Thanks to Fesley Music. Please check out our website at cinematalpod.com for all the poster images we discuss in our Down the Tube segments, but not this week. And don't forget to download and subscribe to Cinemental wherever you enjoy your podcast. You can always listen to new episodes at cinematalpod.com. Also, you can follow us on all major social media accounts at cinematalpod. For Asan Godwin, Latham Conger III, Whitney Matheson, and myself, we say thank you so much for listening. And as always, in the words of our friend and bike-seeking man-child, Truman Burbank. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night.